0: hey church this is pastor matt zola from fern creek christian church so glad you're able to tune in with us today here on fc radio i hope this message encourages you in your walk of faith and helps you to become a better follower of jesus check out our website at www.ferncreekcc.org and let us know how we can be praying for you here's the message you know i As we enter into week two of our series Christmas Vacation, I want to talk to you about peace for a little bit. We are a culture of people who hunger for peace. I mean, when you think about it, we have court magistrates called justices of the peace. As parents, you try your best to keep the peace. Countries sign treaties of peace, and then finally we die and we get to rest in peace, right? Right? So it's something that, that is fresh on our minds. In the movie Christmas Vacation, Clark is just longing for some tranquility. He's just dying for a little bit of peace and he can't get it. And there's this one tranquil scene and then all of a sudden he, he hears some jingling in his Christmas tree, peels back the branches to find a squirrel looking at him eyeball to eyeball. It's a classic scene in the movie and when the squirrel jumps out, well, take a look at this. <laughs> ah! shh, shh, shh. Mom, don't move. We can't let it get out of the living room. I'll try and trap it. Russ! We're here, Dad. Oh, huh, there you are. Go get the hammer. Clark, what do you need a hammer for? I'm gonna catch it in the coat. And smack it with the hammer. Going in with him. Nora? Nora? Is he gone? Probably got scared and ran back into the tree. (tries) Oh! <tries> scene, and I, I don't know about you, but every time I watch that, I think, that's so life. That's so life that we're going along, and things are working out just well, and then out of the blue, some squirrel jumps out and turns everything upside down. Think about it. Before, before corona, think about last Christmas. Think about all the squirrels that, that robbed our peace. I mean, we had office parties we had school concerts, we had church programming, overcrowded parking lots, lights to hang, cards to mail, and then we were all in the pursuit of the hottest Christmas toy to hit the market, Elmo Body Slams Justin Bieber doll, right, or whatever, whatever the toy of the year was. And we, we had all these things to do and, and, and hurry and hustle and bustle, we all slightly felt the, the anxiety and the weight of the squirrels, I and mean, we just needed a little peace, God, if I just had a little peace. Well, isn't it ironic that this year, there are none of those squirrels. I mean, there are no lines because nothing's open. There are no school concerts because school's been shut down. Our, our programming at church has kind of had to be kind of adjusted I mean, everybody's shopping online, so there's no overcrowded malls. So so my question is, we should be experiencing a ton of peace right now, right? Are we? No. And and then the question is, well, why? Well, 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 the answer is simple, because other squirrels have joined the party, right? We look around at our world now, and we see there are businesses that are closed that may never reopen, we, we, we now fight over mask or no mask. We now have politicians saying, this is how many people you can have at your house at Christmas. And we have porch pirates who are stealing my Elmo Body Slams Justin Bieber doll, right, that I ordered online. And, and it's just ironic that squirrels just don't go away. Here's what God's teaching me. Squirrels are just a part of life. They are. They just come with the territory. Whether it's losing a job, family conflict, Disappointment, divorce, financial stress, sickness, corona, loneliness, politics. Jesus said it like this. Jesus said in this world you will have trouble. I think in other words Jesus was saying life's full of squirrels, life's full of squirrels. Depression and anxiety and even suicide really skyrocket in these weeks leading up to Christmas. And the pandemic has just multiplied these squirrels. And when you think about the stress and the anxiety and the anger and the tension, it's like an infestation of squirrels have just been let loose into our hearts and into our homes. And in spite of that, you know, in spite of all the squirrels, in spite of the difficulty and the chaos and the stress, what do most of us do? Most of us put on the good game face. And most of us, when we're asked, how are you doing? We put on the big smile and we say, oh, I'm fine. And most of us echo the words of the great rock and roll theologian Elvis. You'll be doing all right in your Christmas of white, but I'll have a blue, blue, blue Christmas. Thank you very much, right? And, and, and it just seems like we put on this good show, but again, inside we're just, we're just stressed. So this morning, if you're facing Uh, Lots of different squirrels of chaos and busyness, I want you to remember that the first Christmas was full of squirrels as well. You know, one of the great tragedies, I think, of of the Christmas uh, account is that we've sanitized it. we, we, We do it every year, we read the same story, but we have somehow sanitized that first Christmas. We've hallmarked it. And let me prove it to you. I want you to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes real quick. I want you to picture the nativity. I want you to picture Mary and Joseph. Get that picture in your mind of what that first Christmas would have looked like. Got it? All right, o- open your eyes. Every Christmas card that, that comes along pictures that first Christmas this way. Take a look at this picture right here. That, that's, that's the image that I always get every Christmas. I mean, the peaceful couple, resting comfortably, not too hot, not too cold, there's this warm glow like someone lit a snickerdoodle Yankee candle, you know? It smells good, no one's holding their nose, and ah, there's Mary. Ah, Mary, smiling, perfect complexion, all nice and tidy, a size four just two days after giving birth to a son. And there she is, looking fabulous. Clothes nice and clean, pressed. Ah, the halo over her head. And then there are the animals. Oh, the animals, they're so peaceful. No camels spitting. No sheep buying. And if you notice, there's no poo in the manger. Have you noticed that? And there's no nativity card I've ever opened up that shows animal poo. These are non-pooing reverent animals in the manger is what we find, right? And, and just, then you look at the baby Jesus. Ah, oh, he's asleep on the hay. That must be the world's softest hay because no crying he makes. And it must be hypoallergenic hay because any other baby laying on hay would break out in a horrible rash, but not Jesus, right? And that's what I mean by sanitizing this This image, its what I mean by hallmarking this picture that we have of that first Christmas. We think it was a tranquil night where all was calm and all was bright, but that's not the way it went down. The first Christmas was anything but calm. It was anything but bright. When you strip away the tradition and the hallmark and the glamorization that we have in our minds, you will see that the first Christmas was filled with squirrels. And I'm so glad it was. Because in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of that tension, in the midst of that anxiety, Mary and Joseph discovered a secret. They discovered this jewel that really got them through, not only Christmas, but their entire life. And I pray that as we we go back and retell this often familiar story that you and I will grab that secret as well. So let's take a look at a couple squirrels of that first Christmas. I, when I think about it, I, I, I see the squirrel of disappointment. The squirrel of disappointment. I want you to look at, at Matthew chapter one. Let's look at a couple of verses. Look at Matthew 1, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiance, was a good man, didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now again, these are verses that we've, we've been familiar with, I, but I want to dig into some areas that maybe you've never considered. Would you turn to your neighbor, would you tell them how old do you think Mary was when she got married to Joseph? How old do you think she was? Yeah. I don't know if you ever considered it, most scholars would estimate that Mary was as young as 13, she was as old as 19. So let's just split the difference, let's just say Mary was 16 years old, 16 and married. Any 16 year olds in here at the moment, any, any, anybody, anybody? 16 and married? You, you think, man, that's, that's a little weird. Well, if you've got teenage daughters and you've told them you're not allowed to date till you're 26, you know you're, you you kind of get that vibe as well. But 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 I want you to know the average lifespan of people living in the day of Jesus was 40. That was the average lifespan was forty. So half of people would have died earlier than forty. Half of people would have lived more, you know, older than forty. So so sixteen back in that day was like twenty six today, and we would not bat an eye about a twenty six year old getting married today. So so again, Mary, Mary is engaged. She's fallen in love with this man. He's a good man, and. Man, they're they're thinking about their wedding, they're thinking about the invitation list, and the food, and who are we gonna invite, and what kind of music is there gonna be. And as she's celebrating her engagement, um, one day tradition tells us that she was on the way to a a well to fetch water, when the angel Gabriel appears to her. And, and, And if you read that encounter where the angel says to her, greetings Mary, you are highly favored among women, and you will be the one to have uh, God's child. Now, now, now again, we stop and think about that. How's that for a conversation starter? No warm up, no Mary, I'm an angel, sit down, let's have some coffee, um, how's your day, how's your year been, hey, I'm gonna give you some news, it's gonna be kinda crazy sounding, but you're gonna have lots of support, God's gonna be with you, we're gonna get through this, you're gonna have God's baby. No, none of that warm up. Just Mary, you're highly favored. You're gonna have God's child. And, I, and you kind of see Mary being shocked with the news. No, this, this cannot be. You don't understand and nothing is impossible with God. And, and so Mary leaves that moment and everything in her life has changed. Every, every, everything's turned upside down. Talk about a squirrel. And, and then how do you tell your fiance that? And she tries to tell him now, I, I got some news to share with you. I'm expecting a child. But before you jump to conclusions, I've not been with anybody else. And you and I have not been together. We're, it, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and again, you, can, you, you, you know how Joseph is taking that. Yeah, right. No, I don't, I don't buy that at all. And, and we, and we think, about, think about the tension between the two of them. As she tries to explain what's been told to her and as he doesn't buy it, that's not calm, that's not tranquil, that's not bright. And, and so he's gonna break the engagement. And again, talk about stress, talk about turmoil. Now, now we, we view this encounter 2,000 years after the fact, but they're in the minute, they're in the moment. They, they have no perspective that you and I have all they can see is the squirrel of disappointment has ruined everything that they wanted. Now now, now Joseph will later be visited by an angel who will tell him the same thing. And then Joseph, in order to protect his bride, has a hurried up wedding. That's what every bride wants, right? A rushed wedding. and, And again, more disappointment. And as I read about this first Christmas, I know Mary was faithful. And I know Joseph was courageous, but there had to have been high levels of disappointment. Things were not turning out as they thought. And, and, and why that connects is maybe that's you. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking the same thing. Nothing's turned out like I thought it would. My life hasn't turned out like I expected. Maybe because of the coronavirus, you know, Your family's not gonna be together. And and maybe you're talking to your kids and they're like we're not sure if we're coming and you're like oh please come or maybe they're wanting you to come and you're like I'm not sure and there's this disappointment that this Christmas is gonna be not so good. Or maybe your lights don't work. Or maybe your funds are low. Or maybe you're stuck in a terrible job or you wanna be in a relationship or you don't wanna be in a relationship. Maybe life is not turning out the way you expected. And if you're heading into Christmas this year, looking at the squirrel of disappointment eyeball to eyeball, I want you to know you're in really good company because that first family, man, they they struggled with disappointment as well. Let's take a look at another squirrel. Let's look at the squirrel of not only disappointment, let's look at the squirrel of difficulty. This first Christmas for the first couple was incredibly difficult. and Again, every Christmas we tell the same parts of the story, the star, the wise men, the shepherd, the angels. And each one of those, man, they're awesome points of the, of the story to tell, but we leave so many things out. Like there's so many nuances that we don't take time to really dig down into. For example, have you ever considered the pregnancy of Mary? Like, have you ever really stopped to think about at 16 years old what it was like to be pregnant for her? Now, I can't comprehend what it feels like to be pregnant. I'll never be able to, uh, to associate with that. But, but I heard a story that gave me a little insight, ladies, about what you go through when you're pregnant. Story goes, a, a lady went into her doctor who verified that she indeed was pregnant. And it was her first pregnancy and the doctor said to her, now, honey, do you have any questions before, before you leave? And, and the new mom-to-be said, well, I'm, I'm a little anxious, I'm a little worried, this is obviously is my first pregnancy. How, how much will childbirth hurt? Well, that varies from woman to woman and pregnancy to pregnancy and besides, as a doctor, it's really hard for me to describe pain. The lady said, well, listen, can you give me a little bit of an idea? I really wanna know. Doctor said, okay, I want you to take your upper lip and I I want you to pull it out a little bit. So so the lady did like like, like this. And the doctor said, no, pull it out farther. And so she went like this. Doctor said, no, 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 a little bit farther. So she pulled it way like this. And the doctor said, yeah, does that hurt? The lady said, well, a little bit. She said, now, then wrap it around your head, okay? That, that's how bad it's gonna hurt, right? And, 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 and as I think about pregnancy, and as I think about childbirth, and as I think about what she went through, man, that, that, that was a difficult thing. Now, now think about all the things that, that, that we have today that she wouldn't have had. We have hospitals. We have certain sections in the hospital called maternity wards. We have nurses and doctors. We have this thing called an epidural. And there was none of that, none of that for Mary. Back in Mary's day, having a baby was a dangerous thing. Did you know four out of 10 babies died at childbirth? 40% of infants wouldn't make it. And the poorer you were, the more that rate went up. So as you think about Mary and you think about the difficulty, there is this Scary feeling for her. But there was one thing I think that maybe probably brought her a little peace is that she would be able to have this child at home in Nazareth where maybe her mama, her grandma, her aunts, her cousins, she she would be able to have her immediate family with her, coaching her, encouraging her, being present with her. And I think that brought her peace, but but you know what happens. In the midst of all of that, a census is now gonna be taken. And now every man must go back to his hometown to register with his family. So Mary has got to go with Joseph down to Bethlehem. She can't have the child at home. She's not gonna be with her mom. She's not gonna be with her grandma. She's gonna be in a strange place with strange people. So think about the difficulty uh, of the emotions that are going on in Mary's heart. Think about the finan- financial difficulties. Now, now, now again, we, we don't think about this. Joseph and Mary <clears throat> are, are, are poor. How do we know that? Well, when they dedicate Jesus, when you dedicated your child at the temple, you could, you could give a lamb, you could sacrifice a goat, but if you were poor and you couldn't afford that, you could bring two pigeons. And that was their way of dedicating Jesus. So we know that they were poor. Now, now think, what do you think about this? So as Joseph is a carpenter trying to make ends meet, all of a sudden, out of the blue, there's this census where he's forced to make a trip down to, 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 to Jerusalem or, or back to Bethlehem, passing through Jerusalem. Now, that's an unexpected cost. I mean, I mean, they haven't saved for that trip. That was going to cost them financially. I want you to picture we're twelve days about twelve days out from Christmas. I want you to imagine all of a sudden today your uh, roof needs to be replaced. Uh, today your basement floods. Today your car breaks down. Now you begin to feel a little bit of that difficulty financially that maybe Joseph and Mary were feeling in the midst of all of this. Well, they gotta travel 90 miles. It's 90 miles from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. There's no greyhound, there's no car, this is rough, rocky terrain, and Mary is gonna ride that 90 miles on the back of a donkey. Now again, I don't understand pregnancy, but I can guarantee you no woman eight months pregnant is gonna enjoy that ride, right? So so there is some physical difficulty in the story as well. Even after the birth of Jesus, there's incredible difficulty. Do you remember what happened right after he was born? Matthew chapter 2 verse 13 tells us, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Now think about all they'd gone through. All the rumors, all the gossip, all the financial hardships, all the relational hardship, all the physical difficulty, and now there's a king who wants to kill your child. So now you gotta get up in the middle of the night and you gotta go. And you gotta go to a land that you've never been, to a language you've never known. And you have gotta squeak out an existence there. Listen, say what you wanna say. That first Christmas wasn't fun. It wasn't peaceful, it wasn't calm, it wasn't bright. It was terribly disappointing and terribly difficult for Mary and this young family. And maybe you are having a difficult time right now. Maybe you are facing Christmas with some key relationships that are torn apart. Maybe you're having to work two or three different jobs to make ends meet. Maybe you thought you were gonna get a bonus only to discover you've been enrolled in the Jelly of the Month Club. I I don't know what the difficulty is, but man, if you're going through some type of difficulty, if you're staring into the eyes of the squirrel of difficulty, I want you to remember the parents of Jesus did too. But in spite of those squirrels, in spite of the, the squirrels of difficulty and in spite of the, the squirrels of maybe depression that they would have faced, tucked inside is this jewel, is this is this reason that we can get through. And it was something that the angel told to Joseph. Do you remember when the angel appeared to Joseph to to reassure him, to remind him that indeed what Mary was telling him was true? The angel added something to Joseph that he didn't tell Mary. Listen to what the angel said, Matthew 1, 21. Joseph, she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill what the Lord's message through the prophet had been. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God is with us. And that's it, that's the jewel, that's the good news, that's the miracle of Christmas, is no matter what you're facing, God is with you. He is with you in your disappointment, He is with you in your difficulty. He is with you in your mess. Man, there is no place, there is no place that you can go on this planet where life's not messed up to some degree or another. I mean, think about it. Do you know any place, any room, any house, any country, is there any place on earth where life's not messed up? If it is, let's go there. And you know what we'll do? We'll mess it up. That's just what happens. If you stay in a place long enough, if you're in a family long enough, if you're with a person long enough, you'll discover the hidden or not so hidden messes. It's just who we are. And the message of Christmas is is this. God doesn't protect us from the messes. God doesn't insulate us from the messes. Rather, in the messiness of life, in the messed up marriages, in the messed up families, in the messed up depression, God enters into it. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And His presence, His presence makes it better, his presence gives us strength, his presence pulls us through, and that's why Jesus is so important, and that's why I can't imagine life lived without him. It's hard, it's discouraging, it's disappointing, but can you imagine trying to live it without him? Can you imagine trying to have Christmas without him? Well, in 2005, that's what Ridgeway Elementary School in Wisconsin wanted to do. They were no longer going to have a Christmas with Jesus in it. It wasn't going to be Christmas. It was going to be Winter Festival. And so they got their choir together, and they were going to sing Silent Night, but they were going to take Jesus out of it. How do you do that? You rewrite the words. So here was their song at their Christmas pageant, Silent Night Without Jesus. Here's what they They sang, cold in the night, no one in sight, winter winds whirl, winter winds bite, how I wish I were happy and warm, safe with my family, out of the storm, Merry Christmas to all. How depressing, how horrible, but that's what happens when you take Jesus out of the story. I'm so glad that that first Christmas wasn't sanitized. I'm so glad that first Christmas wasn't hallmarky. I'm so glad that that first Christmas was filled with a bunch of squirrels. And I wish I could wave a magic wand and take the disappointment out of your life. I wish I could take the squirrel of difficulty out of your life, but I can't do that. But I can remind you that in the midst of a life full of squirrels, God was with Mary, God was with Joseph, God was with Jesus, and man, he will be with you as well. Let me pray.